Wounded but not broken with host Patrick Scroggins. As a U.S. Army attack helicopter pilot deployed in Iraq, Patrick faced a devastating crash, which resulted in him dying, losing a leg, and a slew of broken bones. Patrick's story of rehabilitation has helped others to overcome their own obstacles. Each week, Patrick recounts stories of inspiration and interviews guests who have overcome remarkable obstacles. This is Wounded But Not Broken with your host, Patrick Scroggins. Welcome to Wounded But Not Broken in this new year. I uh, I hope everybody's got the new year started off uh, as well as could be. It's been a couple of weeks since we've done a live show. Everybody's been busy with life and the holidays and family and uh, trying to get back to some sort of normalcy uh, that we're kind of used to. Although, you know, there's a lot of a lot of factors to play there. But uh, you know, I hope everybody's managing. Um, I know I've been I've been super busy in a move moving to Chicago and just trying to get everything settled and. And, uh, you know, so we're here tonight uh, to to do another live show and hopefully it's uh, it's going to be a great show. We're going to we're going to switch it up a little bit. I'm kind of going to become the interviewee and uh, I have uh, Midge Rapoli on the line. He's going to he's going to kind of take it from a different perspective uh, from from somebody that doesn't have uh, any military experience or anything and just kind of. Uh, try to answer some questions that people may have have had about some previous episodes. We're going to talk about some of them, and I'm sure he's going to ask me some challenging questions. Um, so, you know, with that being said, I'd like to introduce Midge Rapoli, and uh, let's let's get after it, man. Hey, Patrick, how are you, man? I'm good. First off, I want to say sorry about your uh, Dallas Cowboys. That was a, a heartbreaker yeah. for the for the the uh, Dallas fans last night, and uh, just wanted to say sorry about that. I know your uh, stepson son played on the team, and uh, it was a great game except for that last second. Yeah, it was. It's tough. It's touch. It's tough, especially being so competitive, and then having something at stake, you know, like that in there with my son playing for the team and. Uh, being so competitive like I am, I mean, I I I, I took it pretty hard. Um, yeah. I was very frustrated, but at the end of the day, there's got to be a winner. There's got to be a loser. Um, I just hate being that loser. But you know, hey, maybe they'll come back stronger next year, and and maybe they learn something. Uh, there's a lot of lessons to be learned there. They they beat themselves. It wasn't, uh, you know, they don't have anybody to blame but themselves. So I've been working with you on all of your shows so far, um, and there's one constant theme that I hear uh, throughout these shows, and, and it really makes you think, and it, it really makes me think because, um, you know, I've, I've been in, involved in, in certain charities over the years, uh, helping veterans and stuff like that, and I've gone down to uh, the VA hospital, Heinz VA hospital, and talked some of the, to some of the, the guys that, are, that stay there, you know, guys that were first off the boat at Normandy, you know, and these guys, they, they have such great stories and they have this, this air about them that is, is, I'm not, I'm not going to say superhero-ish, but it is very stoic and superhero-ish. And, and one of the constant themes that I hear on your show when, when you talk to all these different people is when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I think of is, how could I help somebody else today? How can I help 
this group of veterans today? How could I help this family that their house burnt down? How could I, whatever it, it might be? And that's, that's completely, you know, I, I wouldn't say 50-50, but I would say, you know, every person that you've talked to, that's what they said. I wake up in the morning and I say, how could I help other people? What is it that, that drives you to do that when you wake up in the morning. Sure, you've got your stuff you got to do. I got to go to work. I got to stop at the store. But when you first wake up, it, it's a whole different mindset. And what is that born into you? Does that come from you seeing something? What is it that makes you wake up and say, "How can I help somebody else today?" Man, I you know I think if you ask ten people that very same question, I think you'd get ten different answers. Um, for me. I think I've always had an ability to rise above just about anything that was put in front of me. And so I think it was, it's just kind of like a a gift that I was born with, I think, and, and um, always wanting to help. And that's just the the humanity, being a human, you know, you just, you want to see everybody do their absolute best, you know, much like the football game. I mean, I'm, I sit here and I'm thinking to myself, what could I do to help them? You know I mean? But, (laughs) <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, I, I couldn't, but yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, some people look at, uh, look at this very differently. And I think most of the people in the military, because when you, when you join the military and you go to combat with, with your brothers and sisters, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a different lifestyle and you, and you rely on them so much for, for so many things, whether you're kicking indoors or whether you're, you know, on a scout attack mission in a helicopter, you you always have a wingman and you always have a team and the team helps everybody. And you, you, you know, it's, it's like that old saying, a twig, you know, that if you got a twig, the twig will easily break, but if you got 10 wrapped together, it makes it stronger and that cohesion. And I think it's just built into our DNA that we need that, that connection and that, uh, that team bond, and, and I think in the, the military guys that you see that um, wanting to help so much is because they don't want to see anybody uh, that may have to struggle like they did if they can, if they're able to help, if that makes sense. So just because I lost a leg and had a broken back and I could, you know, I barely walk at first, there's certain things I learned how to do for myself that would benefit, that somebody else could benefit from that had kind of the same injury. So I would do whatever I could to make sure that they, they had an easier time than I did. Yeah. So what, what, what about this? Take, take this scenario. You're driving your car. You're not in the, in the service. Uh, you were a Marine, right? No, No, I was in the army. I'm sorry. Army. My bad. My fault. Um, you're not in the army. You're just Patrick Scroggin driving your car. You get into an accident, you break your back, you lose a leg, you wake up the next day would that Patrick Scroggin be the same Patrick Scroggin uh, that he is today? Or would he be, you know, laying on his mother's couch complaining about how life screwed him over and, and it's a waste. Your life is, is a waste or did being in the military and being born like that, has that made you say, okay, this is just, this is an obstacle. Let me go around it and move on. Um, you know, I think I think the military kind of helps with that. But to, to back it up, before the military, I was the same way. I think that has to I, that has to do with the culture that you were raised in. 
how you were raised and the standard you were held to as a kid. And um, I was held to a very, very high standard and I held myself to a high standard. And I've always been super competitive, not only with everybody else, but within myself. And so being, uh, you know, just for instance, in high school, I'd go run the mile one time practicing and I would time it and I had to beat it the next time. If I didn't, it was just, it was just crazy. But, you know, I, I would be so mad at myself. It's that, it's that competitiveness. It's that drive to be the best. It's that drive to, to overcome anything. And I think some people use that uh, selfishly. And I think some people are able to tap into that and use that very unselfishly to where they can help others. And I feel like coming from a big family and, you know, a lot of my brothers and, and older sisters kind of kind of beat up on me and didn't help me a lot. I think, you know, and not not in a bad way. I just think I look at I look at it differently because if, if I'm driving down the road and, and I see somebody in, in need, you know, I always try to, to make sure that I can, you know, fulfill that that uh that gra- it's it's actually you get a kind of a sense of gratitude inside of you you feel grateful you know that you help somebody you're kind of proud of yourself and and um you know it's i think it's a personal thing and i i think that's one of the one of the big things in civilian life that um is starting to leave our society um you know everybody's kind of become homebodies with you know phones and tablets and games and all that stuff it's we're just not as social as a culture anymore as we used to be and i and i don't think that's that's not to the benefit of our children i don't think um, now, i, I kind of got off topic there i kind of got off topic no, but, no, that's perfect, I, it, but it, 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 go ahead you 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 said you know that that with today's culture the kids are there i, I know you're not gonna have exact numbers but are there still uh enough 18, 19 year olds signing up for the military if something were to happen? Are it, because, like you said, there's there's kids who just sit on the couch all day and play Xbox. There's, they're on their phones. They're not out there playing football out in the park. They're not playing. They're on their phones. I and my son who's 18, you know, he played sports, but it was like a struggle to get him to get you know what I mean to get him going. And it's like he'd rather be playing Xbox. And it's like is this messing up if something happens in the future? Like if something happens and we have to go to war, I mean, we've obviously been in these conflicts, but do we still have that same core group of people that would be out there? Would you, would you like feel safe if something were to happen right now and we had to send over a hundred thousand people somewhere? Man, that's a tough question to answer. And, and and again, I just want to state that this is absolutely my opinion and my opinion only. And uh, yeah, but I think that I, to answer your question shortly, no, I think as a society, we've become very soft, very um, weak in that aspect. And I think our kids have suffered from it. You know, you got a lot of kids that get on Xbox and PlayStation, they play Call of Duty. And they're like, man, I'd love to do this in real life. And they join the military. And it, it's not like that. And to get <laughs> to that takes an extreme amount of dedication, pain, perseverance, and everything else you can muster up to get to a unit that is able to do stuff like that. And so I, I think um, even the military, I think, gotten so um, laxed in their discipline and uh, I, I, make no mistake, I still feel we have the best military in the world. 
but I, I, I also think they're, they're making it too easy, you know, with basic training and uh, allowing cell phones on the weekends and weekend passes and this and that. I don't agree with that. I think I think you join the military, you should join to get hard. And, and, you know, we need tough, hard people to defend this country because it's coming. I mean, it's inevitable. The, if you just look at the at the world in, in a global perspective of what's going on, um, you know, it's not going to be much longer and it's, there's going to have to be something that's done. So to answer your question uh, uh, shortly, I, no, I, I think I think we've become too soft as a culture and too um, – you know, we're, we're so easy to point fingers of what, what I don't agree with and what you don't agree with and this yeah. is wrong and this is wrong and you shouldn't yell like this or you shouldn't do that. Well, you know, there's, there's a method to the madness in the military when you're getting yelled at or, you know, you're, they're making you run and they're screaming at you. You have to learn how to, to work under pressure in the most extreme circumstances because, uh, you know, that, that you can't simulate combat. You can't simu- simulate that kind of um, hectic environment. And that's the best way they can do it is to yell and scream at you and get you uncomfortable and, and to where you're making mistakes because you learn from it. And so I think we're getting away from that and I think we should go back to it, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, I'm sure boot camp today from when you went to boot camp, you know, like you said, now they, now they get the, their phones on the weekend. They could, could take a weekend pass and do this, do that hey, do you mind going out and digging this hole? You know, instead of, like, it being an order, they kind of have to ask because it's it's just everybody has gotten so sensitive, and if you say something wrong to them, you know, it's, it's I don't know. It is definitely a it weird is, time. It, it, it's this whole, woke, this whole woke environment, this whole woke culture, you know, of uh, you can't agree with one side, but they can disagree with everything. And then the, if you disagree with them, they cancel you. And it's complete and utter bullshit. And, you know, I, I don't I don't know how to fix that other than, you know, I, I try to do the best I can with my kids and, and try to make sure uh, that they understand what's going on in the world. And, uh, you know, I'm very proud of them for that. My oldest daughter, she's very, very involved and very ed- she educates herself every day on, on current events. And and, uh, you know, I, at the end of the day, it all starts at home, in my opinion. It, everything starts at home. And, you yeah. know, life life has become so fast-paced in America right now that tablets and cell phones are easy for parents to hand them to their kids. And that's the babysitter, right? And the, the mom and yeah. dad can kind of go do what they need to do, and they're babysitted by being playing games or being on an iPad instead of getting out and throwing that football or baseball or going hiking or, or, or that. And, I, you know, that's – that's it's unfortunate but that's just kind of the the where we're headed it is it is very scary just to think of and then you know try watching the news and coming away you know with from watching a half an hour of news try coming away in a good mood you know it's just it's there's so much crap going on right now and it, it you can't get away from it from from the well, pandemic first of all, to you... this to that and I mean, first of all, you got to find a half an hour of news because it's all propaganda anymore. It's not news. There is no more news. It's just propaganda of one side or the other, and that's very uh, that's very disturbing as well. But that's, that's, that's kind of a true. different subject. That is, yeah, that's that's a whole different conversation that I don't really want to get into, and I don't think you do either. Um, why don't we <laughs> oh, take I do. A quick it's break. Not tonight. <laughs> why don't we take a quick break, and then when we come back, I want to talk to you about the day that 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 everything happened to you. And I, I know you've talked about that before, but I want to ask a few questions about it, and then uh, we can go on from there because I don't think uh, that that 
a lot of people know like the the whole story of yours if they if they missed the first episode you know it's not something you bring up a lot i know it, it it's 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 something that to me i would be that guy laying in bed right now going my life's over because i'm not i feel like i'm a strong-willed person i feel like i've got the guts and i would hope that i would be one of the guys running towards the fire and not away trying to hide somewhere you know you kind of you hopefully you'll never be put in that situation but you know i just I, I i would hope i would be the one running in the right direction to help and not away you know but like i said hopefully i'll never have to to, to find out you know yeah well you never know until you're put in that situation but yeah so we'll be right back well here's a word from our sponsors and uh midge and i will continue when we get back you're listening to wounded but not broken with host patrick scroggin we will be right back after a word from our sponsors my father was the, the best truck driver ever known in my life like a family tradition I'm a truck driver myself. I drove around the state with my cat. To be the truck driver, you not just only see where you go, you see the world in the larger perspective. This is a really good time to be in the trucking industry. The dispatchers get good loads for them. The equipment is very new, and then it's very reliable. At GTS Transportation, we make dreams come true by employing truck drivers, dispatchers, mechanics, and many other occupations. Consider joining our rapidly expanding team where we put quality, human dignity, and respect back into the workforce. Contact us by visiting our website at gtscarrier.com or call us at 847-754-4667. That number again, 847-754-4667. VBN. Veterans Broadcast Network brings you Wounded But Not Broken, hosted by Patrick Scroggin. It lies within you to conquer your greatest challenges. Patrick tackles the stories of how others faced unthinkable odds and then at a pivotal moment, a change occurred within them that gave them the strength, attitude, and direction to excel beyond the greatest expectations. Listen every week and learn how it is possible to defeat the impossible. Dallas Corporation and Dallas Logistics, a proud supporter of the Veterans Radio Broadcast for over 15 years. High-quality printing services and warehouse distribution have been our hallmark since 1985, serving Fortune 100 companies for over 35 years. Check us out at www.dallascorp.com. Welcome back to Wounded But Not Broken with host Patrick Scroggins. Hello everybody, welcome back. And uh, just tonight we're just kind of switching up the show a little bit. We got Midge uh, kind of doing the, the interviewing of me tonight. So I'm going to turn it back over to Midge, and let's get going. So if, if I remember correctly, Patrick, you when did you when did you first go into service? Was it after 9-11? Uh, active, no, well, 
I joined the National Guard between my junior and senior high school. So in 96, I joined the National Guard. I was artillery, okay. and that was – it was really boring for me um, because I really wanted to do the Army thing and get out and get muddy and do obstacle courses. And I tried to go to Ranger School from National Guard, they, and they it wasn't in the budget. They couldn't send me. Um, so I, I did my fulfillment there, and uh, but I went active duty in 2002. 2002. So now did you, and I, I think I remember talking to you, you said that it was, it was, it was right after 9-11 happened and, and that like, did that kind of like make up your mind on, on, okay, now I'm definitely oh, absolutely. going. Or... Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I had a career going, I was a commercial pilot. Um, I was flying every day, uh, making really good money for my age. And after the September 11th, yeah, that's, I, I basically quit that day in my mind. I mean, I still flew until for a few weeks before I left for the military, but I went up that next day because we were grounded anyway, talked to the recruiter and we went down to the MEPS the following week. And then I got all my stuff and it was just uh, April before I actually went to training. But I, in my mind, I was already in the military right at that day after yeah. September 11th. Wow. See, so that's right there. You know, there's, I'm sure there was guys sitting on a bar stool somewhere throwing beers at the TV, you know, like, oh, but those aren't the guys that actually went, signed up, and, like, went and helped. See, and that, and then, like I said, right right there, I didn't think the same way. I, I thought, you know, mm, I just had a daughter. I'm like, oh, my, I just want to make sure my family's safe. Obviously, I'm sure you did that too. Um, but it's just I didn't stop and go, okay. <laughs> I'm going to go join the military and go over there and help. I need, I need to, I need to be there. I need to be one of those guys that is, is sitting there helping and doing things instead of sitting here. Um, I was a little bit older than you, so I, they probably wouldn't have taken me and being three foot 11, I think I'm too short anyways. So <laughs> you are pretty is short. Ice limit? <laughs> uh, what you say? <laughs> I said, yeah, you are pretty short. Um, I don't know any, of any. I don't know of any height limits. Um, I can tell you my 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 thinking in all this because um, my uh, wife at the time was pregnant with my first daughter when I made the decision to go. I mean, so it wasn't it wasn't so much of a factor of that. I mean, I always wanted to be there for my kids, and I always do, and I always will. But my mentality and my mode of thinking was is seeing them people having to jump out of that building, um, be, oh. you know, choose to die from a, a jump as opposed to burning to death. That really hit me. It hit me hard. And, and then we're Americans. And, and then to see all the brave um, first responders going in, a lot of them didn't get to come out of that. And yeah. it, I, I, I can tell you internally, I was just furious. And I know people don't like me to say this, and but I'll say it. And I'm going to say it because that's what I, I believe. I mean, I wanted revenge. I wanted to understand that if you mess with our country and you attack us on our, on our grounds, there's people like me and a whole lot of others that will stand up and make sure you're dealt with. And that's exactly my mode of thinking. It was difficult because of my I was having a daughter being born, and I knew that I was going to miss a lot. Um, but I joined the military to go fight. I could join the military to go fight for this country and I, I don't regret it and I would do it again. And I also another, another driving force that makes this country so great. I joined the military. So my kids, as they get older, won't have to, they'll have the choice instead of, yeah. you know, instead of it being, you know, forced upon them. So that, that was kind of my mode of thinking. Um, 
you know, there's some, some people that don't agree with it. And fortunately, I mean, I, I really don't care. I mean, it, it's just, I did what yeah. I thought was right and I'd do it again. And that's, that's what, you know, say, and kind of relates back to what we were talking about. If nine eleven were to happen again tomorrow, would these same kids that are playing call of duty, would they head down and, and sign up for the military? You know, I don't, I, I, would say no, like you said earlier, no, you know? Yeah. I mean, I would, I'd limp over there again. I mean, if I had to, you know, I, I just, my time was done before I was ready for it to be. I'll tell you that. I mean, I was a, I was a career guy. I enjoyed the military. I enjoyed the camaraderie. I enjoyed the mission, uh, and everything that I did. I had a, you know, a, a multiple jobs in the military and, um, of course, there's some stuff that you don't like, but at the end of the day, there's no matter what you do, there's going to be days you don't like, but, you know, you just yeah. kind of take the good with the bad and roll through it. But I miss it every day. And, uh, you know, it's uh, we live in the greatest country on earth and, and I don't want that to change. And unfortunately, it's starting to go down the other road. Yeah. So now you went and you went to you. How many times were you deployed? Two or three? Uh, two. And then the accident happened on the second, on the second one, and you broke your back, you lost a leg, Um, just so many things happened to you that a normal person, you know, would have hung up their bootstraps. You came back and not only turned your life around, but went above and beyond what, what guys with two legs are doing and, you know, and you're above and beyond them. You're still fly, flying planes. You're you're hiking. You're hunting. You're you're helping other veterans. So on the day that the the accident happened, you were tell me start off with that day. Well, the the day it was a night mission. Um, so I most of the day I think I was sleeping, uh, just trying to get rest before the night mission. So I I don't remember exactly what time we took off. Uh, probably around eight thirty at night. Um, nine o'clock. It was a it was a big cordon and search in northeastern Iraq, and um, yeah, we just we just uh, we were the close air support for the guys on the ground, and it was just uh, you know one of the just a typical routine kind of kind of thing. You know, you get in skirmishes here and there, and uh, just one thing led to another, and uh, it was just turned bad really quick. You know, it was just a flip of a switch. And, uh, you know, when we impacted the ground, um, you know, I guess from the very first indication in the helicopter, it was, it, you know, they say your life flashes before your eyes. So everything yeah. slowed down for me. Everything slowed down and it was just, you know, your training takes over. And, and uh, you know, I, I remember distinctly, I'm flying under night vision goggles. So you got a 60 degree field of view, a, a visual acuity of two, uh, 20 over 200. So you're legally blind, but you know, it's a, it's, it's still good at night. And, um, I remember going down and, and I, I thought there was a set of high tension wires that, and I didn't want to hit them. So I pulled some collective, which makes you go up and down in a helicopter, the collective does, but when you don't have power going to that rotor, you can't, you can only get to a certain percent and then you're never going to get it back. And, and it's terrible. So, um, but I pulled some collective to get over what I thought were wires. So it wasn't wires. Mm-hmm. It was a ditch. It was a berm in a field. 
And anyways, when I when I thought I cleared it, I stood the helicopter up on end and tried to overspeed the rotor system and then, you know, pull everything. Everything was kind of slow motion, but it took from the very first indication till the time we hit, it took six seconds. Wow. So you said, you, you know, you, you instantly went into, you know, mode, uh, attack, whatever mode. Did they, how do you prepare for that? How do you prepare for, okay, we've just been shot at, I have to do this, my rotor's gone, we're going down. Like, there's no way to prepare for that. Um, no, I mean, I think that's the thing with the military. You train. You train for the worst worst scenario, just much like, uh, I mean, you could you could you could relate it to like a professional football team. Them guys train for almost every scenario. You know, if you heard Dax post post uh, interview last night from the game, they they train for that last play. They just didn't train that specific part where the ref ran into him. Well, you train the, the military. You train. Ball. Yeah. Right. You train for everything, and so uh, when you train for something so much it just becomes muscle memory and everything just becomes reactive. You you don't have to think about it. It's it's much like taking a step. Most people don't have to think about taking a step or turning right. You just do it. And so that's kind of, that's kind of, you train so much for these different, different situations is that's, that's kind of, you know, where you go. And after you, after we had hit impacted the ground, now it's just a survival instinct. You know, you just want to live. And so um, you try to assess yourself and try to see how bad you are and, and uh, just keep going. You just try to, you, you know, you're always looking forward. Um, you know, you don't want to get caught up and get caught up in the moment because that's when, that's when you start feeling sorry for yourself and, and uh, all that stuff. So you, you just, yeah. you just push forward. So when you, when you impacted the ground, you were still conscious, you were still awake and you were, like you said, assessing the situation <laughs> or were you out? Yeah, I think, I think I was probably knocked out for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was I was very much very much aware, laying in the dirt and um, uh, you know missing my leg and and how much I had I hurt and I couldn't feel my legs and you know just trying to trying to assess you know what was left of my of my body I guess and my co-pilot you know he, I think he was doing much of the same and he was you know there was probably some moaning going on maybe some uh, yelling I don't really remember the the exact details but. Yeah, I mean, I, I think initially on impact because we hit the ground at like 24 G's or something, and so I think I think I was knocked out from the impact, but I think I, I woke wow. up re- rather quickly and and started yeah. just trying to. But that's where that survival instinct kicked in, just trying to assess what's going on and and seeing what you could do to help yourself. That, I remember we were. I think we were talking. It was the the first time we met when we when you did your show live. Did you did you say that even after all that? When you got back, got home, got everything taken care of, did you say, when can I go back? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, the whole thing for me was, is I wanted to stay in and I wanted to, I wanted to continue to be a, uh, you know, attack pilot because it's a, it's a mentality. It's much like, uh, um, you know, a, a bus driver as opposed to the guy driving a, a Ferrari, right? So yeah. it's just two different mindsets. So, uh, but when the military, when the military said they wanted to put me in a, um, like a VIP unit flying, uh, flying dignitaries around or whatever it was, uh, you know, I, I declined that. I, I, it was my personality. That's, that's how you pick a, that to me, that's how you should pick an airframe when you're, when you're wanting to fly 
in the military is you you should pick it on your personality so if you're if you're more of a passive kind of kind of go with the flow kind of person this is just my opinion i think you yeah. should probably fly like uh, a lift lift be a lift guy or something but if you if you're that type that super type a you know you want to be in the mix you got to be the best you know you're super competitive um you know that's 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 going to make the the better um attack guys or fighter pilots in the air force or however you want to look at it so they wanted you to basically be a helicopter chauffeur yeah, kind of, I mean, you know, I, I not to knock them guys because everybody has their own mission and flying Blackhawks is awesome and they got some really good platforms for Blackhawks. It's just, um, I, I think, I think the more of it, if they would have probably put it different, I probably would have stayed in and done it because you know I would have, I'd have liked that too. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of fun to be had there, uh, you know. But basically, they just they gave me an ultimatum. They said either you yeah. do this or that's it, and. I don't wow. do well with ultimatums and I don't do well with people telling me I can't do something. And so it just, it pissed me off more than anything. And I think, I think the way I looked at it, you know, it was maybe that was just the end of that, uh, that chapter of my life. And I yeah. needed to close that chapter and start a new one. That's amazing. Um, so I want to talk about uh, what you do now, how, uh, how you help other veterans. Um, we could probably do that. When we, we get back. If you want to take a quick break. Um, I, that's just amazing. They they wanted to, they wanted you to be, but they made the amazing thing to me is that you wanted to stay in. That's just, you know, that's that's just amazing to me. I don't know, but see, that's just the kind of guy you are. That's what I'm saying. And how many people out there are still like that? I I know everybody that you've talked to on on your shows, they they've probably said the same thing. When can I go back? You know, all the, oh, all some, the ones, some of them all, guys, some of them guys did like Blaine, he, he stayed, he finished out his full retirement and, and that's kind of what I wanted to do. And I don't want to make it sound like they tried to push me out. You know, they were going to make everything they could do. They were going to do everything they could do to make, to, to fulfill my wish to stay in. It's just, we disagreed on how, and yeah. I was, I'm not, a, I'm not really a conformer. So again, I just felt that was the end of that chapter of my life and I needed to start a new one. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it, I, it's, uh, you know, you, it's just a sense of pride, right? You, every day you put on that uniform, you're just super proud and you're proud of your accomplishments because, you know, if you work hard in the military, you can do anything you want to do. And, um, you know, it, it was just a sense of pride. And I was always uh, a very proudful guy to be putting on that uniform and being able to stand up and fight for my country or be a representative of the country. And, and it was just, uh, you know, I just, I loved it. And, but yeah, but we can talk about that stuff uh, when we, when we get back. So let's just get another word from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Cool, man. You're listening to Wounded But Not Broken with host Patrick Scroggin. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. My father was the, the best truck driver I've ever known in my life. Like a family tradition. I'm a truck driver myself. I drove around the state with my cat. To be the truck driver, you not just only see where you go, you see the world in the larger perspective. This is a really good time to be in the trucking industry. The dispatchers get good loads for them. The equipment is very new and then it's very reliable. At GTS Transportation, we make dreams come true by employing truck drivers, dispatchers, mechanics, and many other occupations. 
Consider joining our rapidly expanding team where we put quality, human dignity, and respect back into the workforce. Contact us by visiting our website at gtscarrier.com or call us at 847-754-4667. That number again, 847-754-4667. Dallas Corporation and Dallas Logistics, a proud supporter of the Veterans Broadcast Network for over 19 years. High-quality printing services and warehouse distribution has been our hallmark since 1985, serving Fortune 100 companies for over 35 years. Check us out at www.dallascorp.com. CBN, Veterans Broadcast Network, brings you Wounded But Not Broken, hosted by Patrick Scroggin. It lies within you to conquer your greatest challenges. Patrick tackles the stories of how others faced unthinkable odds and then at a pivotal moment, a change occurred within them that gave them the strength, attitude, and direction to excel beyond the greatest expectations. Listen every week and learn how it is possible to defeat the impossible. Welcome back to Wounded But Not Broken with host Patrick Scroggins. Hello everybody, welcome back. Uh, Wounded But Not Broken, Patrick Scroggins here with... uh, Midge, Midge is actually doing the question asking tonight, and I'm trying to answer the best I can. So, Midge, you had a question right before we went to break. What was it? Why did you choose the uh, Army instead of the Air Force? Let's see. (laughs) I chose the Army. Well, uh, first of all, going to the Air Force, if I was going to go to the Air Force, I mean, it's not not, I don't bash any of them. I mean, every every military branch has their own role and mission. I think it was more of a mission. Uh, profile that I wanted. If I would have went to the Air Force, I would obviously wanted to fly fighter jets or be like a PJ or something. Um, but it was just, I think, because I decided to go on such a spur of the moment and for the reasons that I joined, uh, the Army was the quickest way for me to get in the fight, I think. So, so. Patrick, you come back, you're you're in the hospital, you go through all the, the, the therapy, you get back to where you can live life again. And you want to help your brothers and sisters that are that are in the same boat as you are, and you take them hunting. What is it about hunting that that helps um, servicemen that have been wounded, that have been hurt, or just even ones that have just come home safely, that nothing happened to them? What is it about hunting that helps get back into that helps their brain? What what is it about it? Yeah, so I think that that's a great question, and it's one that you know I love to answer. And a lot, you know, sometimes people don't um, understand the whole hunting. But first, as a hunter, as a true hunter, you have to be a true conservationist. And when I say true conservationist, you have to really care about the environment and the animals. And I, you know, I've had death threats by uh, a lot of people on social media for my hunting and all this and that. And I've actually reached out and tried to talk to some of the people um, that that see it differently than I do. 
not to try to change their opinion or their mind because everybody's entitled to their own opinion on a subject or, but don't hate me. Uh, you know, I don't hate them for, for thinking that way. So don't hate me for thinking the way that I think. I mean, as, as basic humans, we've hunted since the beginning of time. And yeah. so I choose, I choose to be a, to label myself as a conservationist because I truly do care about the environment. I truly do care about the animals. And so it's not really about hunting for me. It's, it's more about the, the life experiences, the, the views, you know, um, the sounds, the smells and nature of, of being so pure and untouched and being out in a, in a free wilderness. I think it's, it's just, it's amazing. And so, where that where that's into uh wounded veterans is we all love being outdoors we love challenging ourselves and um you know i think it's just that sense of being free and and away from all the social media contacts of the phones and just that everyday fast-paced life to where we can all just kind of go out and just chill out light a campfire and throw a tent up and we just have fun you know we just talk about the good old days and talk about you know what we're going to do and and uh, yeah it's it's a mentality i think yeah and there's so i've seen i've seen it i've seen hunting and the outdoors change so many veterans lives um guys that were on the verge of suicide that had never hunted before never really been in the outdoors other than in the military and when you get them out it's you can just see it's like a switch i mean you can just see it in their eyes it's like their eyes are dull and then they start gleaming and then it what it does it it gives them a whole new sense of purpose, a, a new set of challenges, because there's so there's so many different varieties of things that you can hunt, and you know when you get to the pinnacle of hunting, um, and mountain hunting, mountain hunting, you know mountain sheep, which is some of the most physically challenging hunts in the world, and that's I went straight to that, and for guys to for we they asked me questions about it and how I trained and and my my mindset and this and that, you can just see that it's clicking. And there's so many wounded yeah. guys a- after me that have started hunting, getting into mountain hunting now. And, um, yeah, it's just, aw- it's really awesome to see. And it's, it's been uh, such a, a highlight of my life and a pleasure to be in that, that, that situation where I can inspire people to, you know, to get out and challenge themselves. See, to, like you said, you, you take them out and, and not like they're going to go out and all of a sudden they're going to become, a hunter and go out all the time. It doesn't matter. You said you saw the change. Like one day they're contemplating suicide because of everything that's happened. Then they they meet you, you take them hunting, and it opens their eyes. And, and like I said, not necessarily like they're going to go out and hunting, is that's their life. But it brings them back like to reality, to, to reality and makes them want to go on because they know that they still have that in them. And that's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, pretty it, amazing. it's not just me. So I got, I got affiliated with a, with a few nonprofits, uh, one, one in the outdoor industry, it's called wounded, uh, it's um, wounded warrior outdoors. And mm-hmm. that was started by Ron Rabot and he did it completely. Uh, he probably would get mad that I said his name on here tonight if he heard it, but that's how humble the guy is. And he's done more for, for veterans than, uh, you know, just about anybody. I mean, the guy's, the guy's so selfless, got such a big heart. Yeah. And he is, he, he get what he does is he'll, he'll get a bunch of guys together and he won't let cameras or anything, or he doesn't want any credit for it. He just gets them together. He might take them to Canada 
to British Columbia on a bear hunt or whatever. It's it's all about that camaraderie and and it, what it, it, the the very important thing that that does is that gets so many veterans together um, with a big variety of of wounds and and injuries. And they all get to converse and talk and, hey, how did you overcome this? How did you overcome this? And, it, you know, it's it's like the pyramid effect. I mean, you know, yeah. like them old business models, them old ripoffs where you could, you know, you, <laughs> one guy starts it and then it, then it pyramids and everybody thinks they're going to yeah. get rich. Well, in this case, this is a pyramid that actually works. You know, he'll t- he okay. started out by taking one or two guys and now it's turned into every year he does this thing in Florida. And it's a competition. They have like a three-day competition. They have a long-range shooting competition, which I used to teach. And then they have they have close quarters combat. They have all kinds of these competitions, and you have these teams. And the sponsors of the events are the the team leads, and they compete for um, you know prizes at the end or you know lashings or whatever it may be. It's it's yeah. such an awesome deal and. There's so many nonprofits that play a big role in, in nowadays and in, to wounded veteran recovery. And uh, I think sometimes the veterans are, are scared to reach out to them or maybe hesitant, but don't be. I mean, they're they're really there to, to uh, provide a role and, and they can help out a lot. And it, it, it's really yeah. been amazing for me to be a part of, of such a selfless act for so many people. I mean, there's so many nonprofits out there that, that just are just amazing. I, I noticed just from doing the show with you, you know, we, we all click on, you know, about 15 minutes early and it's so funny that, that you're on with, you know, Sergeant Meyer or Keith Holland or uh, Joshua Suss and and these guys, and you guys ball bust each other, you know, and, and you make fun, but it's a fun, it's not like you're, you're like, you know, it's, it's, it's like, Hey, what's up peg leg? What? Oh, no, you did. You know what I mean? And you guys are joking and it's, you can hear it in your guys' voice from, like, when he calls in, he's like, uh, hi, it's uh, Sergeant Zach Stinson. I'm calling in to be on Patrick's show. And then you're like, hey, hey, Zach, what's up? And then you can hear it in his voice, the change, and you guys are, are, are like, right back together. Like, we're, you know, like the last time you hunted or the last time you guys start telling stories and you're joking. And I could see that as being great for people that when they're out in the woods or sitting around the campfire and they're like, oh, you lost a leg, big deal. I lost this. I'm, my arm's, bl-, you know, and it's like not like a bragging contest, but it's just like it's a way for you guys to bond, and, and it, it makes everybody happy. You know, it puts, it puts everybody in a mood, and it's like it's, uh, it's unlike anything. I would love to go on one of these just to watch because it's, it's, it sounds to me like it would be like unlike anything. I, I got to jump with the Army Golden Knights here in Chicago for the uh, Chicago Air and Water Show. And I rode back in the van with all the guys to the Gary Indiana Airport. And some of the stories that these guys told of when they were in, in combat and, and, and actually in service, as opposed to being in the Golden Knights, it's, it's, it would literally, it's scarier than any, any movie you've ever seen, some of the stuff they were, they were talking about. And I'm sure you've got some of the same stories. And this is one, give me one of my final questions. Um, when we come back, is you were talking earlier, and you said we're out hunting, we're back. It's just like back, like normal, like we're in Afghanistan and we're having fun and blah blah blah. Is there any moment where if you're in Afghanistan and you're there, and how can you ever let your guard down and have fun? I want to talk about that when we come back because you said that, and it kind of struck me. You're like, yeah, we're, you know, it's kind of like we were back. We're back at you know at camp again. 
and we're all sitting around shooting the crap and playing cards and whatever, and it's that kind of fun. And it just seems like I would be on pins and needles. Just, yeah. you know. Well, that's a great question, and I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to answer it uh, when we come back. We'll take it another word from the sponsors and come back, and I'll answer that. Nice. You're listening to Wounded But Not Broken with host Patrick Scroggin. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Attention, looking for semi-drivers nationwide. GTS Transportation of Burr Ridge, Illinois, is looking to hire a partner with experienced CDL holders in every state. If you are going to drive, why not drive for the best? Whether you are driving solo, as a team, or as an owner-operator, GTS is looking to add you to their rapidly growing company. Become part of one of the most respected, driver-friendly, and successful transportation companies in America, where drivers are treated as royalty. Contact us at gtscarrier.com. Again, gtscarrier.com. Or call us at 847-754-4667. That number again, 847-754-4667. We would love to help you, which in turn helps everyone. GTS is an equal opportunity employer. Corporation and Dallas Logistics, a proud supporter of the Veterans Radio broadcast for over 15 years. High quality printing services and warehouse distribution have been our hallmark since 1985, serving Fortune 100 companies for over 35 years. Check us out at www.dallascorp.com. CBN. Veterans Broadcast Network brings you Wounded But Not Broken, hosted by Patrick Scroggin. It lies within you to conquer your greatest challenges. Patrick tackles the stories of how others faced unthinkable odds and then at a pivotal moment, a change occurred within them that gave them the strength, attitude, and direction to excel beyond the greatest expectations. Listen every week and learn how it is possible to defeat the impossible. Welcome back to Wounded But Not Broken with host Patrick Scroggins. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, right before we broke there, Midge had a question. This, Midge, ask me the question again, and then I'll uh, we'll start the answer. You had said earlier when we were talking about when you when you do these hunts, and you're out. You guys are out there, and it, it feels like you're back, you know, on assignment, and you're you're in a group. You got a campfire going. You're cooking. You're everybody's having you know a drink. Everybody's and it it, it feels like you're back in Afghanistan or wherever you happen to be. It just and you said, you know, you're having fun. And it, it seems to me like I don't know if there's any moment if I was stationed in Afghanistan that I would be, like, feel safe enough to where I could be having fun. And how, how do you get past that? How do you do it? And, and what gets you to that point? Yeah, so, you know, there, there's a lot of analogies that are used in the military or however you want to look at it, you know, one, one of the, one of the good ones is like, you have to learn how to embrace the suck. 
you know, when it sucks, you got to learn how to make the best of it. Um, so, you know, you, in, in combat, in the combat environment, I mean, it's, it's really like hours and hours of boredom followed by moments of sheer terror. And so six seconds of it, like you said, yeah, I mean, and you know, and, and in a variety of different ways, you have to learn how to, you, you can't, you can't be that. I mean, you're always focused, but you got to learn how to break it up. You got to break up the monotony. You got to have fun. You got to cut up, and, um, you know, it, it's you're you're deployed for, you know, eight to thirteen months at a time, and you know, you you can't. You'll you'll drive yourself crazy if you if you just if you're trying to be that serious you know straight as narrow you know broomstick up your butt kind of guy. I mean you you have to learn how to 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 break it up and and cut up and have fun. You gotta you, you gotta learn how to have fun with in any situation you know. Yeah, that it just I mean I guess like you said it, it gets back to where you have to trust the people you're with. You have to know that if something does happen. Even you might be goofing around, playing cards, sitting around a fire. There's other guys that are ready and waiting, and you have to depend on and know that they're going to be there. So I, I guess, like you said, it all comes down to trust, know who you're with, and but always be aware of your surroundings, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're never, you're never unsafe with it. I mean, in a combat zone, I mean, you always have, you know, you always have preventative measures, but you know, and sometimes you're that preventative measures. You're not the one getting to have fun. You know, you're, you're actually the one that's, that's, uh, focused on the task and, and, uh, yes. Cause you, you know, you, whether you're on guard duty or whatever it may be, but, um, I just know that, uh, we all like to have fun. I mean, as humans, we all love to have fun. We love to interact and joke and, and, uh, you know, you got, you got to learn how to, how to have fun in any situation, you know, and I think you mentioned, you know, me talking to the guys and, and, uh, you know, kind of making fun of some of their injuries, you know, one of the, one of the funny things, you know, that we've come up with over the years, guys that are cut off, you know, cut off their legs below the knee, we call that a flesh wound. And, you know, obviously it's not to everybody else, but we joke with each other. Right. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, you got to learn how to laugh at your injuries, um, you know, because, uh, one of the biggest reasons for that I say that is, is because I, I, when I very first became an amputee, I went to the VA hospital in San Antonio and there was this two um, older gentlemen, Vietnam veterans, both missing legs and they had their pants on. And I, I'm, I'm like notorious for wearing shorts. I'll wear shorts in the Arctic. And this gentleman asked me, he goes, you're not embarrassed to, to wear shorts. And I said, why would I be embarrassed? And he said, well, you know, cause your leg, your leg doesn't look like, like your other one. I'm like, no, it looks cooler, man. I look like, I look like Robocop, you know, and I was just joking and he kind of laughed and, and I just, I told myself then, you know, I mean, it's just unique. It's, I'm just, I'm just unique now. I mean, I have to do things a little bit different, some of it, but you know, I, I don't, I don't think I, I walk around thinking any thoughts like that. And so you have to learn how to laugh at your injuries, you know, sometimes yeah. I'm around the, I don't have a leg on and I'll fall and I just laugh about it, you know, and uh, Alexa kind of, she's all worried, but I'm laughing, but <laughs> I see if I was with a group of people and I was with you, you'd be the last person that I would worry about something happening to, because I know whatever is going to happen, you're going to be able to take care of not only yourself, probably everybody else, you know? Um, Now I know that they, you did a documentary. There was a documentary. Was it specifically on you? Because I want people to be able to see and, and, and 
like physically like get to see you and 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 see you in action it was was it a documentary they did on you or what was it where you were mountain climbing and your legs yeah. fell off so i i did a couple of uh inspirational tv shows after i was hurt and uh and they involved hunting mountain hunting sheep hunting to be specific and um through that i w- i i again i got to be around some very very inspiring people uh the, one of the shows was called sheep shape and I was on there with uh, with three other people, Chad Hall, Kelsey Buford, and uh, Rick Carone. And Rick Carone was from the Chicagoland area. He played for the White Sox, and he had pancreatic cancer. And we lost him a few years ago, unfortunately. Uh, such a great guy. Had a super, yeah. super upbeat life. I mean, the guy was awesome. And uh, Chad Hall, he, he uh, lives in Florida. He was a cancer survivor as a kid, had cancer in his knee or in his leg on his femur. And then Kelsey Buford was uh, kind of she was uh, just had a rough childhood, right? So, in all that dynamic of all the injuries of us four, somebody in the world anywhere could relate to us, and so that's why it was such a popular show. And after that show, my cameraman uh, Chase Rutherford um, with Op One Creative, he was he had this idea. He's like, dude, I want to do this uh, mini documentary on you. And he goes, because I've never seen anything like what you do, and and I just I just want to tell the story, and so. Uh, he went out and actually did all the fundraising and a lot of my sponsors at the time, camo sponsors and stuff, uh, they, they sponsored the show and, and we went to New Zealand and filmed it. And, uh, yeah, so it was just a mini documentary and it's called wounded, but not broken. And you can look at it on uh, YouTube and, uh, you know, YouTube? it was super okay. fun. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Uh, it was, su- it was a super fun show to do. And, uh, you know, and, and I know that show is, that, it's changed a lot of lives. I mean, you know, I'm I'm very fortunate and I'm very proud that I'm I'm in the position that I'm in and have the attitude that I have because I've been able to uh, affect change uh, in people's lives and that that means a lot to me. Yeah, I, and I could tell it's because you know when when you see people and you're in a, when you're in a room and there's you know twenty thirty people in there and and somebody walks in and literally not loud and you know, like obnoxiously, but you literally take over the room. And I saw that with you when you walked in is that everybody, you know, just instantly like kind of gravitated towards you and not, not like they were all kissing your butt, whatever. It was like, they wanted to shake your hand and, and, and you were, it's like everybody's eyes light up. And that's why I want, I want these people, I want everybody to see, because they might've been, you know, you've been listening to the show. This is, this is your 14th show. And, and and they've been listening. I don't, I want them to see you because, you know, I had a certain expectation when I first when I first met you. You know, I've met, I've met a lot of you know veterans over the years doing different things, interviewing them and stuff. And they're all amazing people, but there's different levels of you know how outgoing they are. And and I've noticed, you know, like I said, this is show 14. You're you're getting better every week, and you're getting better and better. And I think you know, it, it, that you feel at home when you're talking with your brothers and sisters from the, from the military and it helps you, I think, and I think it helps them, but more importantly, it helps people that are listening. And I think if they, if they got to see this documentary and watched it and then listened to the show, they would be able to relate more and see what more about you. So it's called Wounded But Not Broken and it's on YouTube and you can find it. Absolutely. Yep. You can look it up. Nice. So what do you think, who, like, who would walk into a room that you would say, that's a badass, that guy, you know, I mean, because you, 
I don't really know a lot of big badass guys, but you are like one of the biggest baddest ass guys I've ever met. Personality wise, uh, heart wise, you're like it's so willing and and nice and like you say about every, every one of the guests you have on, so humble. You don't walk in like going, yeah, check me out. I just flew my own plane in, blah blah blah. You know, it it's it's not about you. It's about like yeah, I said, you wake up. How can I help somebody else? But who is somebody that you like when you were getting back in therapy and, and who inspired you to say, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to help. Man. Um, you know, I, I don't know that there was any one person that really inspired me. All my, all my motivation came with, with, from within. I've always okay. been a very self-motivated, very self-driven guy, but I have a lot of, of a lot of people that I look up to a lot of people that I would, I would say, you know, uh, I mean, I, even even my son, for instance. I mean, I look up to him. I mean, look at what he's accomplished. I mean, you know, he's that is amazing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a friend that I will have on in the next couple of weeks, uh, Joe Hahn. I look up to him a lot, and I, when he walks in the room, he's a badass. I mean, he's a, he's a Navy SEAL, and and uh, you know, he he put himself through the ringers just like all of us did, and and. Uh, but you know, I, I really don't look in people that way. I look at um just the overall character, uh genuine good people and uh you know, if you're a genuine good person, I really don't care if you're a badass or not, I don't want to be around you, you know. Um, yeah, exactly. We can all that's we can all learn we can all learn from, from everybody. Everybody brings something to the table. You just gotta, you know, figure it out. Yeah, you know, like I've been I've been doing radio now for thirty plus years. I've been, you know, on the radio working with uh, a certain show and and like you said I'm always learning something there's always stuff to learn especially with technology now so there's there's always room to learn and I've learned so much just from listening to the shows that you've done about things that I didn't know about you know and and th- ways to help veterans and uh, what veterans are out there doing wounded veterans not just veterans but wounded veterans you know and when you come back even if you're not Got a flesh wound, you know. You didn't, not even that. You didn't, you didn't get a scratch. You come back fine. Still, there's that mental part that that I think, you know, has to weigh on on everybody. At some point, it has it, to. No, it absolutely, it absolutely does. I mean, our veterans, especially in the combat MOSs, uh, our veterans are asked to do things that, you know, just aren't good in nature. I mean, not, not that yeah. it's illegal or anything like that. It's just, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fight and it's a bad fight. And you're asked, you're, you're put in positions and you're asked to do this and that, and you know, and that, that's really um, upsetting to me because I don't feel like that we get to take care of them veterans enough because, you know, just like, just like with you take, you know, 10 guys or 10 women, you have 10 different varying degrees of, physical strength, mental strength, everybody has their, their positives and negatives. And so not all people can deal with the after effects of combat, the things you do, the things you see. And some people are able to deal with it well, and some people are not. And that doesn't make any less of a, of a person. It just, you know, some people just are better at things than others. And, and yeah. you know, the, we, you know a, a kind of a crazy fact is we've lost more veterans to suicide than we have in combat. And that's, that's scary. That's, that's, that's sad far, and scary. Yeah. 
it is. That's our leadership, and that's that's us uh, as a whole, as a as a country, not standing up and doing what's right right for our veterans. Because it doesn't take much. I mean, to help somebody. I mean, you know, maybe some some maybe all somebody needs one day a week is to say thank you for your service. Really appreciate what you did. I mean, to this day, Alex and I go out to dinner. If we see a veteran, we buy their we buy their meal. I'll, yeah. I'll do it every time. Exactly um, because. I don't what know. They did. You the never little, know what they did. Right. It's the little things. You don't assume. I mean, if 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 somebody's willing to put their name on that line to go fight for the better freedoms of this country, they automatically have my respect. Yeah. Well, you've had my respect from day one because the minute I met you, we took. I mean, we talked on the phone, and then then I met you at that that first live show, and and both you and Alexa and okay. I forgot that your dog's name and it's killing me because my girlfriend has a dog and she loves it. And I, I met your dog and I bonded with him after Alexa told me how, and I can't remember his name. It's vicious. Spitfire. Is it vicious? Spitfire. Spitfire. Ah. Okay. Say hi to Spitfire for me. And I just want to tell you, you have, you know, you, you have gotten better each week and you're getting better. And I think the more you do this and, and when we're talking like, uh, off the on the phone off not on air your voice is fine you're great you sound but when when you get online and you've got one of your your fellow brothers and, and sisters from the, from the services on there you can hear your voice go up a bit and you the way you talk and you it it, it changes something in you and I love that and I love that you're helping these people and and you know we're just at the beginning you know we're 14 shows into this and I think if people go out and watch that the special the documentary on youtube and then they start listening and there's so many ways that people don't know how to help veterans and there's so many ways that people can do it out there and i think you know each week you try to 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 highlight a certain one um and i think that this is is gonna keep on helping veterans you know just like you said somebody might not know about you they hear you you take people out on hunts. They didn't know people did this. I just got back. I lost. I did. I had no idea. You know what I mean? So I think if you, from doing this, you're going to help more people, and it's just going to get better. And you've had some great guests on, and I, I can't wait to keep doing this with, this with you. And uh, I thank you for everything that you've done, and thank you for this show. And I'm, I'm hoping we get more people to, to to listen and listen and listen, so that way, like you said, there's there's not enough help for the veterans out there, and they're sitting there basically helpless when, when there are ways that people can help and there's just not enough people know about it. So thank you for, for all that you've done. And I hope we keep doing this show for a long time to come. Yeah, man, me too. And that's then, you know, it's, it's got to start somewhere. So uh, the more people that, that we can get to listen to this, the more people that we can touch. And um, you know, I, that's that's the goal. Is it's nothing other than helping people and and getting these stories out there to inspire people and help touch lives. And that's that's uh, at the end of the day, that's what I want to be remembered for. So, you know, I really appreciate you coming on tonight and uh, flipping the script on me. Um, it was a lot of fun. Well, maybe we'll do it again here in the future. But uh, you know, I hope everybody has a great week, and uh, I hope everybody's New Year is better than last. Uh, and just stay positive, keep driving, keep working, keep the goals high, and uh, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you, man. You're listening to Wounded But Not Broken with host Patrick Scroggins.
the best truck driver I've ever known in my life. Like a family tradition. I'm a truck driver myself. I drove around the state with my cat. To be the truck driver, you not just only see where you go, you see the world in the larger perspective. This is a really good time to be in the trucking industry. The dispatchers get good loads for them. The equipment is very new and then it's very reliable. At GTS Transportation, we make dreams come true by employing truck drivers, dispatchers, mechanics, and many other occupations. Consider joining our rapidly expanding team where we put quality, human dignity, and respect back into the workforce. Contact us by visiting our website at gtscarrier.com or call us at 847-754-4667. That number again, 847-754-4667. Dallas Corporation and Dallas Logistics, a proud supporter of the Veterans Radio Broadcast for over 15 years. High-quality printing services and warehouse distribution have been our hallmark since 1985, serving Fortune 100 companies for over 35 years. Check us out at www.dallascorp.com. VBN, Veterans Broadcast Network, brings you Wounded But Not Broken, hosted by Patrick Scroggin. It lies within you to conquer your greatest challenges. Patrick tackles the stories of how others faced unthinkable odds and then at a pivotal moment, a change occurred within them that gave them the strength, attitude, and direction to excel beyond the greatest expectations. Listen every week and learn how it is possible to defeat the impossible.